you need to make sure this never happens again. That's the big thing. This is going to cost what it's going to cost. So what you have to do is we have to pull the Band-Aid off and we have to do it in the most efficient way possible with the least amount of uncertainty possible. And that will allow whatever's left to be that residual risk, but at least there'd be no more uncertainty. And that's the thing. And this is one of those things that, you know, I'm not a, a psychological risk guy. I'm a how to pay for risk guy. Um, but when you look at the psychology of risk, and we do talk about this, it is universally and immutably true. People overestimate the bad and underestimate the good, always. And right now we have 95% of the country doing just that. There's not enough cool heads prevailing. There's not enough risk managers leading this. Welcome to the Innovator's Edge podcast, a series of conversations focused on innovation in the insurance industry, brought to you by Innovator's Edge and IE Advisory. Amid the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, there's a huge concern about the economic impact of the virus in populations and from how the U.S. and other countries are working to limit its spread. Event cancellations, business interruption, and economic losses may not be met by insurance. In response, Butler University's Zach Finn has been a leading voice in suggesting the need for Congress to authorize a federal backstop, similar to TRIA, that would enable the private insurance market to step up and provide coverage for pandemic-related losses they might otherwise be unable to do without some kind of reinsurance mechanism. Zach Finn is the clinical professor and director of the Davy Risk Management and Insurance Program at Butler University, and we're pleased to have him join us here on the podcast today. Hey, Zach. Hi, Wayne. Thanks for having me. What uh, what crazy times we're living in right now, huh? You know, I graduated college in 2000, right into the dot-com collapse, and then it was 9-11 and Katrina and world's largest shooting and, and, and fraud and sexual harassment. I mean, it's just been one thing after another. I was telling my wife, you know, if you told me tomorrow that aliens invaded, I would probably just sigh and say, all right, let's go. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're the common denominator. I don't know. Sounds well, like I hope it. not. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever well, said makes living interesting times is, is, a, is a jerk. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, you, you have teased out this notion of, uh, as kind of a, what I would consider to be a voice of reason around how to deal with the, kind of the unknown. Uh, the unknown risk, the unknown coverage, the unknown damages that are that, that are surely to arise as a result of the coronavirus, and specifically, Zach, you've you've kind of notioned out this idea of, of creating a pandemic risk insurance act PREA, uh, similar to the TRIA. Uh, give us a little bit of your thinking around that, and and why you think it's appropriate for these times. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, we're discovering a lot of things right now. I, I just heard a press conference from the president, and I, I thought he did a great job in it, um, where he talked about the, the medical system being antiquated um, relative to the reality that we face right now. And, and frankly, it's the same thing for insurance and risk management education. I want to get into PREA and, and the results of the pandemic, but I do want to say we live in a country where, you know, there are nearly 2,000 accounting degree programs, nearly 900 finance degree programs and a paltry 80 or so risk management insurance programs, you know, we've got 5,000 people coming out for 500,000 jobs that have the background that I have. I have an undergraduate and a master's degree 
in risk and insurance. I've worked with large corporations for 20 years, dealing with business interruption, business continuity planning, pandemic planning. These are all things and skill sets that are out there. The problem is we haven't invested in it. And the reason for that is, is, is risk is like a shadow. It's like a cancer that's in the system, right? If you have bad finance, you have no money, right? Bad accounting, you get audited. Bad marketing, well, we saw you sell a stationary bike the wrong way. You get yelled at on social media for a couple months. Um, with bad risk management or, or risk management that's maybe not up to the task or hasn't been thought through to you know, known risks and unknown risks, we don't know until we're all stuck in our house until maybe August. And so one of the, one of the things I want to make sure that happens right now is we start to look for ways to cover these losses is that people who actually know about insurance step in. Um, there's not coverage for this. You know, you shared with me a statistic that uh, Risk Genius, I think, said that uh, 80% of all commercial policies um, don't have coverage for uh, viruses, communicable diseases, quarantines, government order repatriation, border closings. And my answer to you was, I was surprised it was as high as 20%. And, and, and frankly, for your average consumer, right, their only dealings with insurance is, is commercials like geckos and, and, and ice shows and nonsense. And it's, it's really much more important than that. It's, under, it's really important that we understand what it is we're buying and what's in these policies. Now we're discovering and, and have known, frankly, it's not possible to ensure pandemics or terrorism or war or nuclear. Um, there are certain tenets of insurability, right? Certain characteristics that need to be present in order for something to be insurable. This is one of the reasons why auto insurance works so well. We're all forced to buy it, and so the good risks are in the pool with the bad risks. This is one of those things where we all have a pandemic risk, and none of us have contributed into the pool um, in order to pay for these losses during the good times. And now during the bad times, we don't have any money available. And so we already went through this with 9-11, right? Never forget, never forget means something to me. I was there on 9-11. Never forget means a lot of things. It means never forget there's going to be a tomorrow. Never forget there's going to be better days. And never forget the stuff you already did to fix these things. And TRIA is there. The Terrorism Risk and Insurance Act was established just for events like this, where a pandemic is an exposure that is too catastrophic for any one insurance company or, or, or company to bear the capital blow. It, it is too, uh, there's too much parameter uncertainty, meaning the probability of a pandemic is so unknown that you can't possibly actuarially forecast for it. The only way to be able to do this is to have the government be the bank. And by the way, that doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be the bank with all taxpayer money. What it means is, is we now all recognize this is a thing. And I was at Disney World as recently as Monday last week. I didn't necessarily appreciate how much of a thing this is. Um, but apparently, um, and I think it, you know, that the president and others deserve some credit because this is a virus that has a level of transmission that we've never seen before. And people really are coming to terms with that. But now that we have, right, you've got the, the elements of crisis response. You've got preparedness planning. You've got emergency response planning. You've got business continuity and restoration. Well, right now, all of our heroes on the front line in healthcare are working on the emergency response. That's the most important thing. And so what this means is, is we now need to create a mechanism to pay losses for all these uninsured business interruptions, right? Butler University is, is looking at up to $10 million of uninsured business interruption losses. We have a great bas We had a great basketball team. I'm from Dayton, Ohio. Oh, if you want to talk about a city that's hurting right now, they've been through a lot of tornadoes and mass shootings. They were going to win the NCAA tournament. Dayton, much love. Um, well, hey, man, I'm, I'm a Baylor grad. We were thinking the same thing. Well, and that's gone now, right? You can't get that back. And Butler's lost basketball money. We've lost Clues Memorial Hall money. We've lost um, dorms that we're probably going to have to prorate. We may have students that don't come back. We may have students that enrolled that don't want to come here. And, and, and frankly, 
the university systems and schools are lucky this happened as late in the year as it did. If this would have happened in November or in the fall, you would see a number of universities probably bankrupt and insolvent. The fact that we're close enough and we have spring break here and we can kind of hobble our way, and Butler is doing a fantastic job, by the way. I've never seen anything like it. This faculty mobilizing to take an entire university online in a matter of days, and we have done it. Um, we are offering classes online via Zoom. Uh, so I can see students, look them in their eyes, make sure they're doing all right. Um, and, and so we're ready to go. Um, but, but now that we know that we have this exposure, right, we need some way to pay for this. We can't just sit here and spend the months and weeks it's going to take for people to review policies. There's no reason to spend a lot of money litigating. Is it covered or is it not covered? There's a lot of terms that need to be redefined, right? I worked at the National Cash Register Company during Y2K. When we were worried if money was going to shoot out of ATMs. Some sometimes things come along that we just didn't prepare for. And so there needs to be some kind of a reset button. And TRIA well, is there for us. Well, it is. And, and uh, you've raised a couple of interesting things, right? That, that you know, insurance policies or contracts and words mean something, arguably. And one thing that you mentioned that I think I want to draw attention to is um, people on both sides of the contract need to be aware uh, or think about the notion that over the last year or two, a whole lot of terms and words and phrases that we all thought we understood have been redefined for us. Right. And those redefinitions have been applied retroactively. And and have and have results that nobody could have really anticipated and so you know i don't think either anybody on either side of an insurance contract should rest easy based upon how they understand the contract language to be interpreted because they they may find out that a judge or a jury or a or or a or a congress might deem that differently well that's 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 exactly right look risk is like air in a balloon it's it's not going away Right. It's like a shadow. The only way to get a shadow rid of it is to shine a light on it. And so um, we can let them decide it piecemeal and ad hoc or we can just get it over with. Right. And I think that's one of the things that was wrong with the initial pandemic response. I liken it if you've ever pulled out into an intersection and you have that brief moment of thought where you're like, oh, man, should I have done this or not? You don't hesitate. You slam the gas, you just throw it in reverse. But when you sit in the intersection, think about what I should do, you get smoked. And that's I think that's what we, we were dealing with for a lot of times. You know, it was. Well, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. And now we're all in. And it's, 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 we just need to move with purpose here. And so with the, the same thing with the insurance, you know, we can have litigation. We can let courts make ad hoc decisions of coverage. We can let the New Jersey legislature retroactively make insurance companies charge for risks that they never charge premiums for. But that will destabilize the markets. That will, right. that will destroy our, our, our capacity to relieve risk in the system. Again, risk is like air in a balloon. It needs to have you know, if you push air, you can push air around a balloon anywhere you want, but if you push it too hard, too fast, it will pop. Well, you're, you're, you're right. And so what's interesting about your, 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 the timing on this is um, there may be others, but the first lawsuit that I'm aware of is down in New Orleans on this issue is down in New Orleans. Uh, the, uh, the owners of the Ocean Grill have sued Lloyd's on the notion that, hey, our policy language, you know, it, it, there's no exclusion. We believe that the, that the policy language allows us to, 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 to interpret property damage as, uh, as what we have, and that is we've gotten shut down essentially from, the, from, a, from authority, so to speak, and that coverage is triggered. And so away we go. Um, if, if cooler heads don't prevail, there's going to be an avalanche of lawsuits to 
fight out what this language means and what the ultimate result is, and you were going to find a whole lot of market instability as a result of it. Yeah, and there's just there's just and there's just no reason to do that. I mean, we already did it during 9/11. Remember, never forget those people sacrificed and did for us on 9/11 for reasons so that we would learn the lessons and we would not repeat the mistakes. And so, so this is exactly what Tree was designed to do. In fact, I don't even know that you need to make a new hack. I don't know that Priya needs to be the thing. In fact, if we need a little bit of humor right now, you throw the the, the pandemic in with with terrorism. You got TP risk and insurance act right? <laughs> and address the national toilet paper crisis at the same at the same time. Um, but, oh, but think about it. Now you've got you know, God forbid, any terrorist directed pandemic. Let's just assume that's off the table for now. I mean, we're honestly running out of disasters to have. Um, but let's just assume those are uncorrelated disasters. If you have terrorism and pandemics in the same risk vehicle, we now have two very uncorrelated exposures that will reduce the standard deviation around expected losses. I know that doesn't mean a lot to lay people, but for those of us in the risk and insurance industry, that means it's a more efficient market and a more efficient relief valve for spreading this risk. And I think what you do is, is, is you, you, you basically liberalize the TRIA program, just like you were liberalizing a policy. You liberalize TRIA to include the pandemic, of, uh, the peril of pandemics and all the associated things, quarantines, all that. Um, you go back to anybody who, didn't have an who had an opportunity to buy TRIA, and frankly, they should have bought it when you had the chance. Um, but you give them another chance to buy it again. We didn't know this was coming. Everybody gets a mulligan um, and, and, and let them get that tree of coverage. And then let the government pay it. Interest rates are low as all get out. I mean, there's gonna, it's going to be a hard pill to swallow, but this is the easiest way that we can get it down and leave behind it a funding mechanism to have this for going forward. And that's what government's for, right? You know, we're, we're learning this now. We can't squeeze all the margins out of government. We can't squeeze all the margins out of our supply chain because, yes, that makes our wallets fatter year over year, but it's these one in 30, 20, 40 year events that knock us on our asses that we need to really be prepared for. A couple of things. TRIA was passed with a broad support of insurers, business, labor, you know, et cetera. Do you think that kind of broad support is needed for PRIA? Do you think that um, the president could push this thing forward, you know, unilaterally through Congress? How do you see something like PRIA coming into existence? I don't know. That's where you get into politics. You know, another thing I think, you know, and I don't necessarily have the time to look at to whether this is true or not, but my understanding is the president and the speaker have not been in the same room for months. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but we all are having to do things we don't want to do right now. I have to sit in my house with my kids and my dogs till maybe August. If I have to do that, then I think the president and the speaker need to sit at the same table and look me in my eyes and tell me what's my best case scenario, what's my worst case scenario, and bury whatever hatchet they have. And yes, they should absolutely be able to put this through. Everybody's comparing this to 9-11 and saying it was worse than 9-11. So if TRIA was the answer from 9-11, and if we have continued to re-up TRIA, we have collectively as a, as a government continued to say there's value in it, and this is quote unquote worse than 9-11, why wouldn't you? It seems like a, not, a logical extension of what would you would want to do next. And so this, this is going to come down to whether, whether our government wants to lead us or, or not, because it should go through. <laughs> What do you think is the reasonable trigger for insured losses borne by, by, by PREA and, you know, how much coverage you know what? should you're provide? Not, you're not, you're, you're going to have to model that after, honestly. I mean, who could even say, right? I think, I think you, you know, if you're going to retroactively offer TRIA, you call it TPREA, um, to people who didn't have TRIA before, at least we're going to get a little bit of premium for them, right? They're not going to get that, oh, you declined TRIA at your last renewal. Here's our chance to get it retroactively. Your premium would have been $10,000. We're going to get that $10,000 that any little bit of money in the system will help. But I think what you're going to have to do is, is just 
have the 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 tria the the priya mechanism just pay out and just pay out until it's done paying out what i mean whatever it's going to take it's going to take but then when it's done and we can have cooler heads prevail we've saved lives all the real work has been done um we can model this out and we can say okay what does this look like to be parceled out in a premium that everyone pays every year and by the way if we lump uh tria and terrorism together um, maybe that works. By the way, maybe we combine the national flood insurance program with this. I mean, if the government is going to be the bank, good risk managers don't think in silos. So if this is the time to rethink how the health system has been done, maybe this is time to rethink how insurance has been done. And I, I'm not advocating for federal regulation of insurance, by the way. I think state regulation of insurance is fine and should stay. But I think that if we're going to have certain catastrophic risks where you need the biggest bank there is, and Uncle Sam's got still got the biggest bank I know, even after all the market turmoil, if he's going to be the bank for a number of different risks, let's put those risks in the same basket. After we've paid all this, after we've all been out in the sun, after I can shake your hand again, Wayne, then we know what a pandemic costs us and we know what a 9-11 costs us. Let's combine them together and see what the premium is if we charge for both those risks together. And then let's think about flood insurance, right? Maybe now with, with climate change and those things, maybe everybody needs to have mandatory flood insurance along with TRIA, along with PREA, and it all needs to be part of one government program. But those are all discussions for after. After our hero healthcare workers are done. After the hero drive through worker at McDonald's to hand me my little Big Mac today to give me the strength to have this podcast. Right? <laughs> after we've taken care of those people, those are the things that need to happen. But, but right now, it's an infrastructure to pay people. Yeah, so talk to me real quick, Zach, about – so, it, so th there's all kinds of people running stuff out there. We got we – got, senators saying hey we should send everybody a check for a thousand bucks we got congressmen saying oh you know uh, we should make industries be responsible for this everybody's everybody has everybody's throwing mud up against the wall and with without just indiscriminately coming up with this stuff and by the way a lot of that stuff reinvents markets i mean it just it throws markets on their head which right. is which is a disaster for the for the post corona you know world but is Priya a path where you could say, hey, look, at tap the brakes, you know, business generates the economy. So if we, if we backstop business, the economy can continue to go. If we yeah. have to hit pause for six weeks or eight weeks or 10 weeks, people can yeah. still get paid and, right. and all exactly that stuff. Business interruption insurance is one of the greatest insurance coverage that there is. One of the most interesting. It's one of the least understood, um, but it's amazing. It does all kinds of wonderful things. Um, you can get, you know, if your plant goes down, if I lose a, a plant and it takes me a year to rebuild that plant, I'm going to get all the revenue I would have made back during that year, and I'm going to get any expenses that continue during that period of time. So insurance payments, uh, property taxes, all those kind of things. There's even things like extended reporting or, or extended periods of indemnity where. Okay, I've reopened my, my stores back up and opening, but everybody's been used to eating at the store across the street, and I got to get them back. And so, even though I'm at 100% capacity, I'm only at 80% sales. There's actually insurance that will make up the difference between that, you know, 80 and 100% that extended period of indemnity. And so, yeah, if if the hey, listen, if the government and the president were to announce right now, every business in America has business interruption insurance for a period of whatever 90, 120 days, and will have extended period of indemnity for you know, whatever it is, 30, 60, 90 days, the stock market should instantaneously go back where it was. Right. Maybe not necessarily back where it was instantaneously exactly where it was, but it should put a lot of the air 
back in the balloon because that will because that would essentially do what insurance does. Thing now, obviously, that's going to leave a really big bill for the government, but interest rates are low. I think you said earlier we're all going to take a really big pill. It's just a yeah. question of how big pill the book the gun the pill is going to be, right. and then and then you also look at what we have right now is straight up chaos. Um, and the market hates chaos. The market sure, hates uncertainty. And what this does, right? I mean, I could look at this thing a hundred different ways from a political perspective, but what this does, bar none, is create certainty and consistency up, upon which people could make business decisions. Yes. And 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 then go forward, right? Yes. I mean, yes. you're having you you have an entire industry called hospitality and tourism that's going to be completely obliterated almost. Well, and you can't, we can't slow drip this. I mean, you know what I mean? We can't have a continued kick in the ass every single day till August or however long this is going to take. You know, you got to pull the bandaid off. It's like Butler. We, we were initially going to be closed until April 4th. And then President James Danko, and by the way, Butler University has done an outstanding job. I I'm a, like to think myself a good risk manager. And, uh, one of my former students, Austin Oldham, and, and our risk management team here has been leading an excellent response. And, and they made the decision to cancel the rest of the semester. I mean, not cancel, but do it online. Right. But, you know, think about that. If your senior year of athletics, you, your senior year night is over, um, maybe, if, if your uh, graduation is not happening. Right. But you know what? As bad as that is, everybody feels better because we know now that's the worst case scenario. We now know it's over. There's no more hustle or worry about it. It's just, okay. We're going to do this semester online. We're going to do an awesome job for our students. We're going to make them feel great. We're going to give them that education. And by the way, the value of a risk management degree, yeah, that's going to gone up right now. If there's any lesson in this for America's universities and businesses is why is there only 80 risk management degree programs in the country? Because you don't need them every year, but now you know. And, 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 and we need to make sure this never happens again. That's the big thing. This is going to cost what it's going to cost. So what you have to do is we have to pull the Band-Aid off and we have to do it in the most efficient way possible with the least amount of uncertainty possible. And that will allow whatever's left to be that residual risk, but at least there'd be no more uncertainty. And that's the thing. And this is one of those things that, you know, I'm not a, a psychological risk guy. I'm a how to pay for risk guy. Um, but when you look at the psychology of risk, and we do talk about this, it is universally and immutably true. People overestimate the bad and underestimate the good always. And right now we have, 95% of the country doing just that. There's not enough cool heads prevailing. There's not enough risk managers leading this. And TRIA, PRIA, TPRIA, however you want to call it, that would restore certainty to the markets in a way nothing else can. Don't send me a check for a thousand dollars. I don't need it. There's other people who need it worse than me. They need it. Zach, thank you for your time today. You, you have led the charge on what I think um, is a reasoned solution uh, for, you know, a really confusing and difficult uh, well, and time. I, and I hope people, I, honestly, I hope people consider my background and where I'm coming from when I want to advocate for this. I'm a university professor. Right? I have several insurance degrees. I've worked for Hillrom, a medical device company looking at supply chain. I've worked for the J.M. Smucker company looking at food company and supply chain. So I have practical on the ground experience dealing with these things, but I have no financial motivation. I'm not a member of representative of the insurance industry. I'm not a representative of any group or any political party. I, it's like a surgeon, right? I'm just telling you where to cut in order to get the best result, right? We're, we're in for a surgery here. It's just it's time for the risk managers to scrub in. It's just everybody's just lucky that I was on spring break last week because I had the time to think about this. <laughs> and the other thing I would say is, you know, since folks are going to have a lot of time on their hand, 
Butler has an online master's degree in risk management insurance. It is a very invaluable skill we're now learning. And, uh, you know, sitting down and getting a degree in risk management right now is actually something I think we could do for the good of the country to have more people who think like this. Well, very good. Uh, Zach, thank you very much for your time today. And uh, we appreciate it. And we'll, uh, we'll follow the, the PREA movement closely here. I, I, I think you're onto something. Well, thank you for giving the megaphone to this, Wayne. And if anybody out there is working on this, I'm ready to be deployed anywhere in any manner to help make this happen. Um, there's too many people that are hurting right now. And this is what risk managers do. We bring order to chaos. Let's, let's get her done. Um, I have full confidence that this country will rise to the challenge. And I just want to maybe share this last story. My grandfather, who won Indiana State Golf in 1941 and had a golf scholarship to college, he went to World War II instead. And, and they won. And, and we will win as well. So I just want to leave everybody with that.